0: We each get to choose. We can let this time define us or we can allow it to transform us. And we don't have to wait till we were done with the virus. The wisdom and the information that's coming through is like there's nothing to wait for. Now we can start to shift our perspective now. And that doesn't mean bypassing what we're experiencing. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't feel scared or fearful or grief-filled because of the loss that's happening around us, it's it's holding both the human experience and the soul experience in the same moment, and to me, that's wholeness.
1: Hello and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Thursday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and I am really excited to bring you two episodes this week because not only is today's conversation really timely, but the wisdom that just oozes out of this conversation, I... I, I was like, when can we share this? We have to share this immediately. So on the podcast today is Amy White. Amy is an international bestselling author, highly sought after speaker and intuitive medium. And she's really on a mission to help individuals heal the past, discover personal truth and thrive. And Amy was actually once a reluctant medium, but now she embraces her innate intuitive gifts and has made it her intent really to show up in the world as a truth teller by bringing forward powerful messages for personal transformation, and that's exactly what she does in today's episode. Amy shares how she became an intuitive medium and her advice for anyone that wants to begin working with their intuition. We talk about learning to trust ourselves by reconnecting back to our body and coming back into alignment with the wholeness of who we are. Amy shares the wisdom of this moment and the gifts of this global pause with the pandemic and how we can really begin to thrive and not just survive as a result of hardship or adversity or fear or trauma or loss. And Amy shares with us the word of this moment and really why we're all beginners right now. Plus, Amy shares with us her work channeling the greater consciousness, which is a collective group of energies, and she shares how they really present themselves to her. We talk about the role of boundaries in her work as both an intuitive and medium, her biggest dream, and so much more. I think this episode is really powerful, and it focuses on the wisdom and the lessons that we can take from this moment in time from this year 2020 but also what we're experiencing both um as a collective but also individually so i can't wait to hear what you guys think about this episode. Make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and review. Ratings and reviews really help the show not only get seen by new people who would just you know discover it, but also share with them what Seek the Joy is all about. So when you leave that review, make sure to take a screenshot, send it to me, Sydney at seekethjoypodcast.com, and I'll send you a little something something to say thank you. I know without a doubt that you're going to love today's conversation and really connect with Amy, and I'm so grateful for really everything that she shared because I think the messages in this podcast, in this episode, in this conversation are really something that we all need to hear right now. So Amy, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. Thank you for what you shared about really the gifts of this moment. And without further ado, let's dive into today's new episode with Amy White. Amy, I'm so looking forward to having this conversation with you. I read that you were once a reluctant medium. So at what point did you start to embrace your gifts and really um, hone in on them and start sharing them with with others?
0: Well, that's I mean, I just love that question because I was a reluctant medium and a reluctant intuitive as well for a very long time. And part of it had to do with my upbringing. Um, I came from a pretty conservative background, so not only was I not able to fully embrace my intuitiveness, Mm -hmm. for lack of another word, Mm -hmm. um, I was told that it was wrong Mm -hmm. and there was a big, you know, there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of kind of guilt and shame associated with the fact that I had some knowing, um, that was, was a little bit different (laughs) than um, most and so um, it was really into my adult life that, in my late twenties, that I actually started to embrace it fully. I actually started my first career in uh, corporate positions, and I always said, "Oh, I have this great gut sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I could make decisions quickly. I could act on them, and I knew that they were right, or I knew they were the right step." um even though i wasn't quite sure how i knew i knew but then as i got later into you know as i said in my 20s uh late in my 20s early 30s my grandmother passed away and my grandmother and i were very very close and suddenly she started to show up around me energetically mm-hmm. in ways that were so absolutely without a doubt it was happening that i couldn't deny it and it was really in her presence that I started to embrace both the mediumship aspect of the work that I'm doing now, but also the psychic intuitive aspect of the work that I'm doing. And it was a, it was just a beautiful unfolding because it was safe and it felt so organic, but at the same time, I was really afraid to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, it took me some time to to feel the courage to be able to start to speak to people about things that can be considered uncomfortable. And one of the big catalysts to me being able to really step fully into this work and this accepting of this gift that, you know, that I've been able to foster and nurture is that um, back in 2011, My son went through a serious health crisis, Mm -hmm. a mental health crisis. And I learned during that two year journey that he and I were on that I had to use my voice and to share information with people that was not comfortable. Mental illness is a hard thing to talk about for many, it's a hard thing to hear about for many, Mm -hmm. but it's also, as a parent of a child, who was struggling with his his mental wellness, to be able to speak about that out loud was really powerful. And when I learned that I could speak and use my voice and use my truth in that way, it helped me to more fully embody speaking my truth in all areas of my life and especially in including the mediumship and the intuitive work that I do.
1: Yeah. What you just shared is so interesting about using your voice and developing a comfort with your voice and also understanding the power of your voice, because I think that's a journey we're all on, especially right now of knowing that it is safe to use your voice, that you should use your voice and that your voice and your experience and your story and everything that comes with it is so powerful. And I have found that on the other side of sharing your voice, on the other side of speaking your truth there's a sense of healing and that healing i think it, it helps to heal yourself but then it can serve as healing for for others too yes absolutely and i think there's a really there's a
0: real fine line um in in the work that i do with my clients there's something that i call self-harm through vulnerability mm. or self-harm through um uh authenticity and i only mean that in in the way of there's such um there's such pressure on us from a societal perspective of like, you have to tell your story. You Mm. have to speak your truth. You have to, but you know, there is healing that comes from it. But if you haven't done your internal work, if you haven't really loved on the parts of you that experienced the trauma or the crisis or the heartbreak, if you start to share that story and you haven't done that, then you're actually harming yourself more. You know, very often I say, it, you, your story could, it could help a million people, but if it hurts you every single time that you tell the story, that's not the right way. And I'll use right in air quotes, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the honoring way right. to use your voice and to speak your truth. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and and I and really even in my own experience, it took me to come into alignment with my experience in a way that felt nurturing and healing, before I could help share that information with others. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was an in lockstep. I would heal a part of my story, or I would find healing in a part of my story, and then I would share it. You know, it's not like you have to get through the whole thing, but yeah, you have. There's a real fine line there that people have to be aware of.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point and something that we don't often talk about because I think the sense of feeling pressure to be vulnerable, this feeling pressure to share all of you—it's definitely widespread. But then I think you—you're right when you have to use your own guidance or your own—you um, have to check in with yourself. Does this feel good? Am I ready right. to share this? And then does it feel good to share? I always say that vulnerability can feel and be scary, but if it terrifies you to the point of like paralysis, don't Ooh. do it. But if exactly. it terrifies you because you know on the other side of it is a sense of liberation or freedom or uh, relief or love or whatever it might be, then that's a different feeling. But that is that process of checking in with yourself and really seeing uh, what I think maybe even the intention is behind that level of sharing or that intention is uh, behind that level of vulnerability for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm curious because this brings me to something I really wanted to talk to you about, which is intuition. Because part of that checking in, I think, is an intuitive uh, process. And so how do we begin to tap into that knowing, to tap into that intuition? Because I think we're all intuitive, but maybe we uh, each have a different level of awareness of, of that intuition.
0: Yeah, we, we definitely are all intuitive. We all have an inner knowing, you know, our inner being, our soul, there's so many names and words for it. That is our internal guidance system. You know, I like to call it our internal GPS. Mm -hmm. And there's this relationship that needs to be fostered and formed with that inner knowing so that we begin to learn to trust more and more the information that we're getting. You know, as a society, we have been conditioned to believe in many ways that you know, the experts, the gurus, the healers, the teachers, they know, and that, you know, we give away our power in so many ways to people um, externally that we haven't really learned how to build that muscle Mm -hmm. to start to trust what we know, what feels in alignment to us. You know, when I teach this, this is one of the most passionate parts of the work that I do, because I really have this mission to teach people how to start to turn inward, to really start to trust their intuition so that they don't have to rely on external validation to move through the world. Mm -hmm. And often it really starts with the physical connection back into our body. I found through my work that the body, the physical body is the biggest uh, antenna to our inner knowing. And so many people walk around this planet disconnected from their physicality for, for lots of reasons. You know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're taught to, to look at our bodies as, um, you know, something that we're at war with. It's not perfect. It's not healthy. It's not, it doesn't look like the covers of magazines. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't resemble the, the, what, you know, pop culture and, and, you know, social norms are Mm -hmm. telling us. And so, we disconnect from our bodies, and I did the same thing for many, many years um, and When I started to learn to come back into contact with my physical body, the intuitive knowing grew and grew and grew and it's It really is very simple to start to start this process, but it's a journey mm-hmm. you know we I, one of the things that I do every single morning when I get up is i I intentionally, you know, lay in bed and just take five to seven deep breaths. It's sort of this like coming back into my body, coming back into my consciousness after a night of sleep. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I do is when I roll out of bed, I connect my feet to the floor. And it reminds me of like dropping a pin right on the map or, you know, sharing your location with somebody (laughs) through your, through your maps on the, on your phone. But it's like, here I am. In this body, in this moment, feet on the floor, in my location, you know, in my bedroom or wherever if I'm traveling, you know, it it's, it's helps me to come into contact with the place and time that I'm in and to become really present with that with that connection between the soul part of me and the human physical part of me. Mm
1: -hmm. I, I love what you just shared because it reminds me so much of what I've been taught or told or heard, um, through Kundalini yoga, which is about coming back into your body glove. And it's about this like physical soul connection. And within that, I think is a process of trust. And so I'm curious for you, if, if that rings true at all of the more you've, um, allowed yourself to be in your body and to feel what it means to be in your body that that then has allowed you to trust yourself more and to to trust your intuition more because i think you're right it is a journey um tapping or trusting your intuition it is not like a one and done kind of thing um it continues to evolve with you so yeah i'm wondering if trust has played a role in, in all of this for you as well
0: absolutely and 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 you know i think the trust is the biggest practice mm-hmm. because As we come into contact with ourselves and we do it with intentionality, we come into contact with the parts of us, the parts within us that need extra love, you know, the younger versions of ourselves, the other aspects of ourselves that, you know, I try to not say, need healing because I really don't believe that any of us are broken, Mm -hmm. but there are definitely past traumas and hurts and experiences that need to be loved on in a much deeper way. And so as, as we come into contact with those parts of us that need extra love and we start to really give ourselves that love that perhaps we haven't ever done in that way before, the trust almost happens organically because it's like those, those aspects of ourselves start to start to come back into alignment, you know, with the wholeness of us. And mm-hmm. so they begin, you know, I'll use the words they begin, but those parts of us begin to trust more and more. Hey, you know, we have our back, we have our own back. There's a deeper knowing here. There's a deeper uh, resonance you know here that as as we begin to do that work, we start to see evidence of day in and day in, and that trust builds, and that trust builds
1: yeah, and as you build that trust too, there is less reliance on on others for those answers, as you shared earlier, I yeah. think as a society, we look so much. Uh, too often we look outside of ourselves to someone else to heal us or someone else to shed light on what's going on. Um, But it's a process of trusting yourself to know that you already have those answers. Those answers are within, but it may take a little bit of time uh, for it to reveal themselves to you, you know, in a way that maybe we understand. Um, Mm -hmm. but, But I think that's interesting. Yeah. Trust definitely plays such a huge role in all of it.
0: Yeah. And our bodies will tell us. Oh, you know, sure. one, of, one of the things that I teach in my intuition course is that we can use our body as an indicator. Is this my truth or is this not my truth? And it's, you know, it's, it's a very simple pr- practice of really sitting in, you know, meditation or just sitting quietly coming into that physical connection with our body that we just talked about. And then you know, I like to like play with it a little bit and and say like, I'm going to tell myself a lie, like a big, bold lie (laughs) that my my intellectual mind can't go, well, I could rationalize that. You know, like I'll say something like, my name is Fred. You know, it sounds silly and it's (laughs) kind of funny, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, my brain can't dispute that. Right. And then I like give myself a chance to see where that untruth sits in my body you know, and for me, my gut tightens, I actually get this like buzzing in my tongue. And so as I've learned to see and and feel how my body responds to untruth. And then on the flip side, I do the same thing with telling myself a truth and seeing how my body responds. Then it's not about pushing away external information or, or, you know, input from people outside of us. It's, it's taking that information and saying, okay, how does this feel in my body? Mm. Ooh, that doesn't feel good because I'm getting that gut tightening that I get when I tell myself an untruth. So something's not in alignment with me. It doesn't mean that it's bad information or wrong information. It's really getting to the point where you're just checking in on, does this feel good to me or not? Does this feel resonant to me or not? And then acting from that place.
1: Yeah, I think that that's really the key is that process of checking in with yourself. Does this feel good? Does it not feel good? Too often, I think we're so much on autopilot. We're just moving through the day or, um, the latest crisis or whatever's going on at work or with your family. And if we can take a step back and actually check in and see how we're feeling and see what rings true. And, and at that point, then you can decide, you know, how much of what you're being told or shared with, you can integrate because it rings true for you and how much of it you kind of, you know, leave at the door and and keep moving. Yeah. I think that's huge.
0: Yeah. And I, and I use the mantra. It's not my story. So often, mm-hmm. especially in the last seven, eight months of, you know, hearing information, feeling inside of myself and saying, okay, that, but that's not my story. And that way it kind of, it takes the resistance out of the picture because I don't have to push against anything that isn't my story or doesn't feel a resonance resonance with me. Like you just said, I can say, okay, That's not my story. Leave it at the door. I love the I love the way you use the wording there. Hmm. And I move on. Yeah. You know, and then I say, okay, well, how do I then come into alignment with what is my story? And there's a whole exploration that can happen here. And I think one of the gifts of this global pause that we're finding ourselves in right now is the opportunity to touch a little bit deeper into is it my story isn't it my story can i come into alignment with it what feels truth to me and there's this you know the layers one step one step one step at a time can start to peel back if we if we're in, if we're intentional and interested in learning that you know excavating a little bit more of that about ourselves
1: yeah i think you're right and i was going to ask you about this because we really are in a time right now where we're being asked to tune into ourselves more. To, um, I think, in a lot of ways, come into or come back into alignment with what is working for us, or and what's and to leave at the door what isn't. And I think it's a very interesting time. And so I was, I wanted to ask you. Um, And you you sort of already answered it, but, you know, what are the sort of messages or wisdom that, um, that might serve as some comfort for people right now? Because this is a really weird, unprecedented time. Um, I didn't formulate this question well at all, but I think this is really, you're right. It's an unprecedented time. And, and in a lot of ways, I think we're, I don't know, we're being asked to go within more without even maybe realizing it.
0: Yes, ap- well absolutely. And I think that you know, one of the things in the work that I do and the channeling that I do, the the messages that have been coming through is that this is a time that is really a gift. Mm-hmm. And and again, that doesn't discount the real experiences that people are having and how it may not feel like a gift to everyone at this moment, but in the in the long run, in the greater um energetic transformation that's happening on this planet, it is a gift because we were all on autopilot in mm-hmm. ways that we weren't even aware. And while many people have had the intention of, you know, coming into more contact with themselves, you know, do, you know, doing more in the community, helping to foster more empathy and compassion and grace in the world, we were really not as a society able to get from you know, here to there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this pause has given people the opportunity to, to be in a place where there's this big reset happening. And we can fight the reset or we can embrace the reset. And for many of us, it's a dance between the two. But it really is a time where shifting is happening both in, within ourselves and sort of below the surface where the outcome of what's happening here will be in, a, in the highest good for humanity. Yeah. It really is transformational.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. And I love that you shared that even if it doesn't feel that way for you in this moment, if you're experiencing, you know, hardship and that can run the gamut from, you know, your career to relationships, to actually experiencing the virus and experiencing loss as a result of the virus, right. regardless of what you're experiencing, that there, there is a gift on the other side of this. And I think, um, you know, like you said, for so many of us right now, we may not see the gift, but the gift is still there and it'll unveil itself. I think for everyone, you know, when we're ready, when the time is right. But I really appreciate what you share because often we hear these messages, but if you're experiencing hardship, it may be difficult to find that perspective for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, this is, and it's not new, but it's it's
0: because of the way that it's impacted us as a collective, as a global collective, yeah. that it's much more up in our awareness. But and we are constantly going through birth and death cycles in our lives you know, personally, and as communities. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an end, and it's a beginning, and it's a beginning, and it's an end. And it's in that embracing of, you know, not only will we, you know, be able to survive the experiences that life pr- presents to us, and I'm not even talking about the, the virus, but just in general, we can thrive, you know, as a result of it. And it's really in the way that we, that we focus our attention Mm -hmm. because, you know, one of the things that I learned when I went through the crisis with my son and, you know, we kind of started to come out the other side of it was that I could take that experience and all of the trauma and crisis and fear and all that, all the gamut of emotions that I went through and I could just put it in a, in a box and put it on a shelf and say, okay, that part of my life is over. Um, And I could, I could have used that to sort of define my path forward. Like, because I went through this, now my life is going to play out like this forever. And to me, that's survival, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, then my story becomes, well, I survived this experience, but I didn't want, I didn't want to just survive it. I wanted to be able to come out the other side of it, thriving, not in spite of it, but because of it. And, and because of all of the lessons and and shifting of experiences that came from going through that journey. And, and I feel like that is what we're going through right now as well. Mm -hmm. We each get to choose. We can let this time define us or we can allow it to transform us. And we don't have to wait till we we're done with the virus. The wisdom and the information that's coming through is like there's nothing to wait for. Hmm. We can start to shift our perspective now. And that doesn't mean bypassing what we're experiencing. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't feel scared or fearful or grief, you know, grief filled because of right. the loss that's happening around us. It's it's holding both the human experience and the soul experience in the same moment, and to me that's wholeness. Mm. Not denying any aspect of ourselves, not not pretending that we're on this I'm going to just, you know, focus my attention on the highest feeling only and then deny the rest of me. It's 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 the ebb and flow like I said before of of being in the experience fully experiencing the human condition, but also knowing that there's a higher purpose here. That is the gift.
1: Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think what struck me and what I was thinking about while you were speaking is that, through that moment of accepting all of it and and being present for your for all of it, all of the experiences, the highs and the lows, um, through this journey, through the last eight months, and I'm sure what will you know what will continue is you need to be gentle with yourself through it all, and you need to sort of love up on yourself a little bit extra or a little bit more. I think um, during this time, because if we can nourish or nurture ourselves through this moment. We'll come out on the other side of it whenever that is, or in the moment, we'll continue to um, be present for ourselves and our experience in a way that maybe we weren't pre pandemic. Um, yes. This sense of needing to nurture yourself um, through this, it just really struck me um, that yeah. that's what I kept thinking about while you were speaking.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the word that's been coming through my channeling has been grace, mm. you know, and the fact that no one on this planet has ever been through what we're going through right now at yeah. the level that we're experiencing it. And so it really it kind of levels the playing field in that every single one of us is a beginner in this moment. And if we can look at everybody as a beginner and recognize that because we don't have a point of reference of how to move through this, each one of us individually, everyone is doing the best they can from where they're at. Yeah. Now, our our human mind, our thinking mind, can judge that, you know, because when people don't act the way that we want them to act or think is appropriate to act or act in ways that make us feel comfortable, we can vilify their actions. But in reality, every single one of us, every single human being on this planet is really doing the best they can. And when we can have grace for ourselves, we can then have grace for others. Mm -hmm. And it, it just makes the journey through this time a little easier because again, it goes back to, if I'm not pushing against what anyone else is doing, saying how they're acting, you know, the things, the way that they're showing up in the world right now, then I have grace for myself at a deeper level. And I have grace out into the world.
1: Mm. Yeah. That word grace keeps coming up quite a bit. And I Mm. think, that grace starts with yourself. And then once you, you know, you sort of almost master or begin to show yourself that grace, then you can start showing it for others. But it definitely is like a self, I think it's a self practice first. Mm -hmm. Um, And within that sense of grace is forgiveness. It's patience. It's uh, nurturing. There's so much that I think sort of falls um, within that umbrella of grace too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So you touched on this a little bit about your channeling work, and I would love, I would love to talk a little bit about it. Through your channeling work and, and your intuitive readings, um, who or, or what do you channel?
0: So I channel a group of energies that call themselves the greater consciousness. And the way that they describe themselves is all of the wisdom that ever was, all of the wisdom that will ever be, and all of the wisdom that exists right now in this time and space in every living being so in essence what they are is the infinite wisdom that exists within each of us hmm. and it's very it's really interesting because i even though i've been channeling for a very long time i never had the the need for for me to name the energies, right? Mm-hmm. I but um, over the last two years, they actually came through to me and said, "This is what this is what we want to be referred to as, and this is what we represent." Hmm. And so it's 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 been a really interesting journey as I've continued to come into contact with the greater consciousness on a deeper and deeper level yeah. for my own work.
1: That's so fascinating. So when. When you do channel does spirit or the greater consciousness do they speak through you or are you are you interpreting? does it depend? How does it show up for you?
0: It, it really depends. Um, sometimes they speak through me directly and sometimes I'm relaying the information and it's it's kind of a dance and it and it ebbs and flows. I find that when I'm in when I'm doing group, sessions, Mm -hmm. um, very often they, they just take over, um, um, you know, and I, and I just let it happen because it's, I don't have any need or desire to, to control or direct the way the the flow of the sessions. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's interesting for me as well to, to like feel the different ways that the energy comes through me.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, if the way the energy has shown up for you, if it has shifted throughout your time of, of channeling or, or even within the last, I don't know, um, six to eight months, because I think it's so interesting, uh, what you just shared about how the energy, how you experience it might be different depending on, you know, the circumstance or, or mm-hmm. you know, who you're with.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I haven't, I haven't even tried to figure out why sometimes they show up one way and sometimes they show up the other. Um, (laughs) But it has, I mean, my, the, the connection with the greater consciousness for me has definitely deepened over uh, this last, you know, six or eight months. And part of it is that at the very beginning of the pandemic, one of the things that I felt very strongly was how do I, how do I show up in a way that can be helpful to people who are seeking uh, more information and, and more you know, more information about how to be right now in this moment. And I was guided to start to do these monthly free channeling calls. Mm-hmm. And it really has given me the opportunity to, con- you know, connect not that I'm not doing these um, channeling, you know, on a daily basis with my clients, but it it was a different way that I was showing up and a different way that I was putting my work out into the world. And it's very interesting because I'm also starting to see that it's, it's almost this. I don't have to flip the switch with them that sometimes I'll be doing an interview like this and they will just want to come through. Um, and so I'm, I'm just allowing that expansion to happen.
1: It sounds like it's been a process of surrender for you and kind of like allowing them or it to sort of show up um, the way that will serve, serve sort of the greater good or, or the audience or the individual you're giving a reading to, you know, in that moment. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's very interesting because in my mediumship practice
0: specifically, and so when I use the word mediumship, that's where I'm. I work with people to connect with souls that crossed over mm-hmm. to the non-physical, where the greater consciousness. These these energies were never souls in a physical body, mm-hmm. so the 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 vibration is different. Um, but when I started to do mediumship, I recognized even before I agreed with source to do that work that i had to have very strong boundaries mm. that i i did not want to be walking around the the earth you know walking around the world and having everybody's um you know dead loved ones showing up and so it's been an interesting experience for me because i hold so strongly to those energetic boundaries with the souls that have crossed over that all of a sudden it's like this this dance with the greater consciousness which doesn't feel like I need to have a boundary because it's so much integrating within the who I am. Mm. Um, but it's also an interesting thing to explore for me of like, Oh, okay. This is a, in morphing into something that's much deeper. Um, and less, you know, l- like I said, i less switching a flip, like or flipping a switch, excuse me, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to channel now. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. And now it's almost like, it's just part of my Day to day experience and um, this really deepening partnership with the connection to those energies.
1: Yeah. I have so many questions based upon what you just said. But the first thing that's coming to mind is so when you're channeling, like channeling and being a medium, do they often blend together or have you really been able to keep? I don't know how else to phrase this other than to say, have you kept those two gifts sort of separate or, or do you find that they, they blend together for you?
0: I mean, everything blends together very often. If a client comes to me specifically for a mediumship reading, mm-hmm. you know, the greater consciousness is present in the reading and, and often they will start sharing whatever needs to be shared with the, with the client, um, before we actually connect in with, you know, the loved one that, or the, you know, the soul that's, that's transitioned that they want to connect with. And it's really important because the greater consciousness almost, I would say helps to clarify Mm -hmm. and and acts as the, the mediator for lack of better terms of like the big healing that needs to happen in the connection between the physical client and the soul client Mm -hmm. for lack of better, Mm -hmm. better words. So it all does combine. um, and I'm often having dual conversations or, or more, or even more than that, because I will be communicating with the soul who's crossed over, who's in the non-physical. I'll be communicating with the Greater consciousness, and you know, asking questions sometimes just to get clarification for how I'm sharing the message, and then I'm channeling at the same time. So there's all this um, that's happening simultaneously for me.
1: Hmm. And I'm curious that within what you said too about boundaries. I've heard boundaries be described in a couple of different ways. One is the way that you described, which is especially with your mediumship work of setting boundaries out in the world so that every person you come in contact to, you're not, you know, maybe being flooded or, um, you know, someone is coming through to connect with them. So you're sort of setting a boundary for yourself that way. And then the boundaries, another way that I've heard boundaries sort of described is setting sort of an energetic boundary for yourself in terms of what comes through and ensuring for yourself that the messages or the spirit or whatever it is that you're connecting with is really for the highest good and of the highest good, um, if that makes sense. So sort of maybe putting yourself in a protective bubble, so to speak, I don't know how else to describe it, but I think what you said about boundaries is, is very interesting. And I'm curious that within that concept of boundaries for yourself, if there's a, Sort of sense of energetic hygiene as well. um, Because I imagine with all of this work that you're doing, you have to clear the energy from your space, but then also um, ensure that you're maintaining your own vitality uh, through it all. Yeah, yes. So I would say that when, you know, that the boundary that I
0: set with the Souls and the non physical is, is one of the strongest boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, it, it does keep me, it allows me to have my human experience without always having to be in that space of receiving information and messages for anybody that I come into contact with. But the other thing is um, around the protection that you were asking. I have not ever had the need to set protective boundaries. In fact, it feels as though for me, I trust that what comes through is uh, is the highest good and the highest energies. Mm. And I've never had an issue where that hasn't been the truth. I've had some challenging energy come through, um, but not anything that I would say I required protection. And for me, where you put your attention brings more in. And so if I walk around the world worried about being... Infiltrated by lower vibration energy, that opens the door for lower vibration mm-hmm. energy to come in, and so it's ju- it is a boundary of the highest good comes through me um, always. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really a big piece of it for me. But the other side of it is is that from an energetic hygiene perspective, I do a little bit of clearing after every session. But one of the things for me is that I don't and very often I won't remember a session or I'll remember only bits and pieces because Mm -hmm. I, I don't retain anything. I, my, my thinking mind, my ego mind, you know, has learned to step aside. And so when I am doing the work, the intention is because none of the information is for me, I don't have to hold on to any of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's a constant clearing of energy through me. And the interesting thing is the way that it shows up in the physical sense is that for years, And years and years, I prided myself on remembering names and faces and information about people, you know, that I worked with, like, Mm -hmm. you know, their kids' birthdays and anniversaries and all of these things. And the more I do this work, the less I retain all information. And so it's been a really interesting shift for me to like learn different ways to remember things that are really important about people, but also knowing that the clearing that i have to go through to continue to keep myself in the highest place of alignment requires that i let a lot of that stuff go yeah. in the holding on to it in my in my mind
1: yeah i was going to ask you if you remember um or if you're even conscious while you're sharing the messages from the greater consciousness and it sounds like you are conscious for it but you don't retain or remember any of it it's really Correct. fascinating
0: Yes, yep, and I will remember bits and pieces, um, and especially, um, you know, if somebody has questions within a day or two of the reading, and they come back, you know, and say, "Hey, can you clarify this for me?" I can generally tap into the feeling around the information, but I will say, and and you know, it goes back to what I was just saying a minute ago about like a really priding myself on remembering people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times when I will have a repeat client. Come maybe, you know, six months or a year later that I won't actually remember reading. Mm. Um, and it's not because the reading wasn't important. It's just that because I I do need to, you know, to, to make sure that the energy is not sticking within my human vehicle, right. those kinds of things happen. And I would say the other thing for an energetic hygiene for me is that physical movement to me is important. It is an absolute um, Mm non-negotiable daily thing for me to move my body in some way. Um, and that just really helps anything that might have stuck in, you know, in my physical being energetically can be moved through very easily through intentional movement.
1: Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, and it sounds like it's also definitely a practice of grounding to do that Mm -hmm. for yourself.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's truly nurturing, right? That's, That's how I love on myself, you know, is taking care of this physical body because it's such that that strong antenna to the inner knowing that the more in wellness I can be, the deeper my connection to that knowing is.
1: Yeah, have you found that the healing that you share with others, have you found that it goes both ways? Do you also experience a a healing um, in these sessions or in these moments?
0: Absolutely. I mean, the energy is, you know, this flowing almost infinity sign between me and the client. Yeah. and And very often what comes through is also for me, you know, like, oh, wow, that's an answer to something that I was also mm-hmm. kind of contemplating or I was just journaling about this question the other day and then it comes through for the client. And I'll have moments where even in, even in the middle of the session, I'll be like, Oh, that's for me too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important that this work for me and, and I'll say I'm kind of, a re, um, on the path of being a recovering people pleaser and a recovering, you know, doer for everyone. And so one of the agreements I made with source and it goes back to the boundary piece is that I'm not going to do this work if it's, if it's only going to benefit, if I'm only serving, like it has to be for me too.
1: Mm.
0: And it has to be, it has to be for me almost first and foremost, you know, that I'm, I'm getting nurtured and nourished through the energy exchange as, as much as the client is.
1: Yeah. that's so interesting. I'm curious about what you said that, and I think you said this earlier too, about making an agreement with source, um, for anyone that's listening, is that like a conscious, like actual agreement or is it sort of unspoken? Like, how would you describe that?
0: Well, it's, it's, and I'm sure that it would, it's kind of different for everyone, but yeah. it for me was a very conscious, I, I feel like I negotiated a contract with source (laughs) over the, over a three year period of time that really had to do with mostly the mediumship work, Mm -hmm. but, but all of it. And, and the way that I felt so, it felt so important to me to say, here are my needs. If I'm going to do this work in the world, if I'm going to stand up and use my voice in a very public way, talking about things that can make other people uncomfortable or or people are skeptical about or or whatever the story is that i need to make sure i'm getting something from this yeah. and and i think that you know I likely would, it, it likely would have resulted in that, but it was so important for me to say, I'm not here to be a martyr. I'm not here to be a, you know, just serve others. Like I'm here in this life experience to experience my soul evolution as much as any other being here that is in existence today is. Yeah. And I want to make sure that that like selfishly almost that my soul expansion is being benefited by the work that I'm doing. And if I, if that couldn't happen, if I was being asked to, to really be the, this martyr of, you know, self-serving without getting, you know, without the reciprocity of, of, of the expansion for myself, I was like, not doing it, not doing it. Like nine to five at a desk and slowly die (laughs) in my soul. (laughs) There before I'm going to show up in a way that is going to be detrimental to me. It's again, it goes back to that earlier conversation of self harm through yeah. service, self harm through vulnerability. I was not. I, I just needed to be very clear for my own expansion that this was how it needed to look for me to feel as though. I was meeting my needs. And it
1: goes back to, to what we were talking about, using your voice and speaking up for yourself in a way, um, that's honoring and powerful. And I think this is so interesting. Yeah. And, um, the last thing I want to ask you before we go, because this has been this has been such a wonderful conversation, and I don't want it to stop. But um, oh. I have to ask you the question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast, um, and that is, what is your biggest dream? My my biggest dream, and I touched
0: on it a little bit earlier, is to teach people how to start to trust their inner knowing, mm-hmm. and I believe that the path forward for humanity is in the starting at the individual level of coming into contact with our inner knowing each one of us and, and trusting that inner knowing and coming to a line in alignment with what feels best to us and then stepping out into the world from that place. And as each one of us does that, that's where the transformation really happens. You know, that's where the transformation really happens and it starts within each one of us So to me, the more people that I can teach how to do that or or start to help them to explore what might be blocking their way or what might be hindering them from coming into that deeper connection with themselves, that's my biggest dream. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's funny because often people will say, but if you teach people how to do it, then you're going to work yourself out of a job. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what, then there'll be something else for me. But to me, you know, it really goes back to personal responsibility to come into this contact with the knowing that exists for us for the evolution, for the up-leveling of
1: consciousness. Mm. I, I love this. Thank you for such a wonderful conversation and for joining me so early on a Monday morning uh, to record for the podcast. I think what you shared is not only so powerful, but it's going to be so healing for so many to hear, uh, to hear not only the messages about this time, but also this sense of voicing and speaking your truth and um, that there's transformation I think possible within any moment whether it's a hardship or a celebration and, and I can't thank you enough Amy where where can everybody find you and connect, book a session um, and learn more Yeah
0: well certainly they can visit my website at amywhite.co. Um I'm also on Facebook at Amy White Medium, and I am on Instagram at Ms Amy White MZ Amy White. Um, and I try to respond to as many DMs and messages as I can, but uh, the contact form on my website is really the easiest way to get in touch with me if there's questions.
1: Perfect. I'll put everything in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everyone to find you and thank you so much again. this was this was a lot of fun and and I think so many people are gonna just love this conversation. It was so it was so interesting. I can't thank you enough. Oh,
0: thank you. this is great. This has been so much fun.